it's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, price-fixing petroleum titan and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Coach, happy new year. This is Dan Tudor, and you are listening to this at the start of 2018, and it's always fun to do a podcast at the beginning of a new year and really bring up new topics at the beginning of a new year. Even though technically most of you are in the middle of your academic years, it's still the start of a new calendar year. And most of us set things like New Year's resolutions. We vow to do things differently in the new year. And that's kind of what the theme of this particular podcast is. I want to try to give you some ideas on what you can do that is new and different and things maybe that you haven't tried before in your daily efforts of recruiting. And that's really what we're going to focus on today are are some core things that we've never really started to talk about in any kind of detail on the podcast that I wanted to share with you that might be ideas that you could use to to amp up and, and kind of shake up your recruiting. You know, we always talk about the story and how important it is to tell the story of of your program and you as a coach to your recruits. And this kind of goes along with that. It's not what you should tell in your story, but it's almost the little points of within a story that make it interesting or that that wakes you up or challenges you. We've all been in the movie where it was just sort of dragging on and on, and then something happens and it re-engages us, right? Well, that's kind of the idea that I wanted to give to you today are some things that could re-engage you and maybe wake up the recruits that you're talking to, or maybe that have been been talking to you for so long, or they've been hearing the same thing that it's beginning to get a little bit boring. And I wanted to try to give you some ideas, like I said, that we have seen work with our clients and the people that we work with that uh, that have been uh, that have been successful. Now, when we go over these. The challenge, I think, for you is that you have to incorporate them within the message that you're getting out right now. So I don't know what you've been sending. I don't know the conversations that you've been having, what that message plan is or what the overall recruiting strategy is that you and the coaches within your your program or your department have been have been laying out. So that really is going to be up to you. What I want to do is give you the components and then give you the freedom to use your own intelligence and your own, uh, you know, fitting it in within your own strategy to actually make sure it gets implemented and and done. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over four key things that I would love to see you get started for 2018, or really whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. Uh, consider it the start of maybe doing something new and and trying to incorporate these four things into um, into those uh, into that strategy. So the four things that I want to talk about, uh, I mean, I'm just going to run through the the, uh, the syllabus for today, uh, as it were. Uh, we're going to talk first about running A/B testing with recruiting, and I'll explain what that is. If any of you have science backgrounds or psychological study backgrounds, any kind of uh, you know chemistry, biology, you know what A/B testing is. Uh, so we'll get into that and and how that applies to recruiting. Uh, I also uh, the second point that I want to talk about is inviting the negative. Why would you want to do that as a coach? Anything that's negative about you, your school, and and not so much about uh, something that is a negative about your program and 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 going uh, and and talking with that. We've actually 
talked quite a bit about that concept before, and we're not going to talk about that today. This is a different kind of invitation of the negative that I'm talking about. And really, it revolves around the conversation that you're having with your prospect, but we'll get into that. Um, the third thing is I want you to tell them what you're assuming. Uh, and this is a strategy that we've seen work and we really put into play with a lot of the clients that we work with. From from time to time, there will be a situation where we will want to have them um, go to one of their prospects that is dragging their feet or we're not quite sure what they're thinking, and we just want to throw out an assumption. And I want to explain why that works and why you can employ that to uh, in your own strategy today. And lastly, number four, we're going to talk about the idea of them making you their official backup choice. When you're not the lead school, the idea of becoming their official backup choice. Uh, we're going to talk about that. So those are the four things that I want to try to have you incorporate into your new strategy for this year. Really quickly, since I mentioned uh, becoming a client, we do work with programs one-on-one. We work with several hundred around the country, all different sports, all different division levels, all different parts of the country. And if you are interested in that, uh, in having that discussion, um, you can certainly find more information on our website at dantutor.com and go into the Total Recruiting Solutions tab. That's our client program. Those of you who are clients, you know anytime you have a need, you can contact us, whether it be um, a specific message you need written or alterations or additions to the plan that we produce for you. Um, that's what we're here for. And if again, if you, since I've mentioned client work, I always need to clarify that that's the big part of what we do is we work with coaches around the country on their recruiting strategy and helping them to develop that and actually then producing the plan for them that then they carry out. And it's very effective, but if you haven't heard of it before, I just wanted to give you some background in case you mention that. There's also going to be a lot of concepts that we talk about in this podcast that you can find more detail at on our blog at dantutor.com. We have now going on 15 years of articles, background research, white papers, studies, um, advice, everything under the sun that you could imagine related to recruiting broken out by topic and by date. And that is available at the website uh, the vast majority of it is for free. So use that as a resource. And if there's any one of these topics that you feel like you want to dig in a little bit more on, then um, then do that. Uh, if you subscribe to our College Recruiting Weekly newsletter, the Tuesday email that that goes out, I'm going to be actually producing a an article uh, tied to this podcast here at the beginning of 2018 on inviting the negative uh, because there's a lot of detail I want to go into that about. So if you're listening to this podcast, make a uh, a note to yourself to go to the blog and just looking up the phrase invite the negative and uh, and it'll pop up and you can read some more detail on that and you can also at the website sign up for the newsletter. Uh, which is great, comes to your inbox every week and it's packed full of really good stuff from not only myself but other uh, people and coaches that are really smart that offer to help other coaches with advice and articles. So we invite you to uh, to make that a part of your daily routine on Tuesdays is to take that in. Okay, so let's dive into this topic today of these four things that can really, I feel, jumpstart and kind of shake up in a positive way your recruiting for, for 2018. And the first one that I mentioned uh, at the start was to run 
A-B testing. What is A-B testing? Whenever you're trying to determine a, a result uh, or test, now that, and that could be, again, a scientific test. It could also be uh, an advertising test. It's a, a running A-B testing is sort of the simple phrase of running, going about things two different ways. And, and of course, it's not limited to two, but in this example, we're going to use two different ways and seeing what the different results are. So the idea of running A-B testing and recruiting involves taking a message and sending it out to, let's say, half of your recruits and writing another similar message of either about the same thing that you're talking about or or if you're asking them to do something, maybe asking it in a different way and having that sent out to the other half. So you're taking half of your recruiting prospect database. You're sending one uh, strategy or one one methodology, one to one group, to half that group, and the other half get the second way you're doing it. This is so common in business and, again, in many aspects of science that uh, that, that it's, it's commonplace. You wouldn't – in many advertising agencies, especially, for instance, uh, on the internet, to run internet ads – um, internet advertising on Google or any other site, there are so many companies that before they launch a full campaign, they will run testing. Um, many companies, especially startups, will test a name of the company or or an ad approach by placing Google ads and seeing which ads get clicked on the most based on the name or the, the phrase or the question that they're asking or whatever the advertising slogan or campaign is as a way to test popularity of that particular uh, phrase and that particular uh, way of going about uh, reaching a customer. Or again, if it's a new company, they might uh, they might take their top four company names and run tests on those uh, with focus groups with, again, online advertising and and see which one gets the most attention, the most curiosity from uh, from potential customers. So it's very, very common in the business and, again, the scientific world where testing is, is just a part of the daily routine. I find that it isn't that way in college recruiting. What I find most of the time happens is – a coach will figure out I need to I need to say something about X. I will then create a message and I'll just send it out. And chances are a lot of elements of that message get filed away and the next year I need it, I send the same thing. Regardless of how well it worked or if it worked at all, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing because I have this message and it must be good enough, right? Well, a lot of the time the answer is no, it's not good enough and your prospects aren't responding to it. Um, so some easy ways to do A-B testing might be, first of all, on the length of the message. So do they respond to a longer message or a shorter message? Do they respond to um, email better or do they respond to a letter more effectively? Uh, text messaging, you can do the same thing for many of you that are texting your prospects. What kind of text message gets them to respond Take the concept of A-B testing. Take half of your – when you're ready to to lay out a message, take half of that group and create one message for them and then create something completely opposite, maybe even, Coach, something that you're not completely comfortable with and send it to the next group. And now let's see which group gets the better response. So if, if group A in that scenario only got a 12% response rate but group B – 
it got a 36% response rate. Which, which message then do you think you should go with in the future? Group B's message, of course, and and then taking elements of that and saying, okay, they responded so well, let's try to create a different message, but have it emulate or look like or feel like, sound like what we did in that uh, that that other message. Because the whole goal of recruiting is to get a response. The entire goal of recruiting messaging is to tell your story. And coach, for you to tell your story, you have to have somebody listening to it. And so the same thing that, again, an advertising agency is going to use or a movie studio is going to use when they're when they're testing different facets or different parts of the movie, they're going to go to audiences, they're going to go to their customers, and they're going to test it. That's why a lot of things that originally get developed and written and shot and put into a movie, once they do the focus group testing, gets pulled out because – that was boring. It didn't work. It didn't make sense. I didn't connect with the characters. Well, the movie producers aren't going to put the movie out as it is just because, well, that's the way that we shot it and that's what you know the audience should want. No, they're going to listen to their audience and from there they're going to tailor it to what gets the best response from the audience because that movie theater needs those customers, that audience to come back for the next movie that they produce. Coach, you have the same challenge. You have to, if you looked at each one of your recruiting messages as a movie, you have to get them to come back, not only for the first one, the second one, but the third, the fourth, the 15th, the 23rd. Um, you have to you have to be the person that gives them what they want in the, in the, the story format that they want. The easiest way to achieve that and to find out the right mix is A-B testing. Now, to, to wrap this up, the, this this first segment, I will tell you that when we work with clients, I think the reason we're so successful and because it does get such good results when the clients carry out our plan is because we do a lot of A-B testing consistently. We have over the last 13, 14, 15 years of doing this. So we don't rely on what we think we know. We always rely on what gets the best results and we just change the direction of the message to fit the best results. You can do the same thing, Coach. I challenge you to do that, to try doing that uh, as one of the core things you change or add to your recruiting strategy uh, as you begin the new year. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, inviting the negative. And again, I'm going to go into more detail with this on a blog post, so look that up uh, on our blog at dantutor.com if you, uh, if you get the chance. Uh, we'll also try to put it in our show notes uh, here on the podcast, so you can just click right to it uh, from there. But when I say invite the negative, really what I'm talking about is giving them the opportunity to tell you what they don't like about your school or other schools that they may be getting recruited from or have visited, uh, that they don't like about the process, that they don't like about their parents' involvement in the process, whatever it is. I want you to invite the negative, and here's why. So often, college coaches stress the positive to such an extent it starts to seem uh, sort of cheesy and unreal. In other words, they're so positive and so happy and so everything is great, and this is the greatest place in the world, that that this skeptical, uh, slightly jaded generation of teenagers looks at you when you're doing that, and they say, well, I don't believe that. Nothing's that good. Nothing's that perfect because nothing's that perfect in their lives. And they've got worries, and they've been around negativity. And so then it becomes this search on their part to figure out what is the bad part of you because there must be something that they don't like about you. They just haven't figured it out yet, but it can't be that perfect the way that you're presenting it. 
So I want you to lead the conversation on negativity and direct it and be able to answer it because the worst thing that you can do, coach, is allow a recruit to figure out in their own mind what's wrong with you or what's the negative part of your campus and never, ever tell you about it. And you realize that that happens a lot, and you know that, where they'll just – and sometimes you'll find out about it after the recruiting process is over with that particular athlete, that they were thinking X about your school and – that's completely untrue. That's not us. We're not like that. Or what you saw on campus that day, that was a fluke. That wasn't really us. But again, if you've allowed them to try to search for it, hunt it out, and figure it out themselves, they'll do it, and they'll come up with something. But then the other thing is that they don't tell you about it. And so when they don't tell you, that's the part that worries me because you have no opportunity then to manage the conversation and to insert yourself into the conversation. So when when I talk about inviting the negative, again, starting with some simple concepts. Hey, you've been to our campus. We loved having you here. And there sounds like there were a lot of things you liked about it. But hey, Tracy, give me the, the top two or three things that as you were walking around or you spent the day with us uh, or you, you did the overnight visit, what were the two or three things that you wished you could have changed about it or that, that weren't exactly perfect for you here? And sometimes they'll fight you on it. They'll say, oh, no, coach, everything was great. Everything was perfect. I really liked the visit. Okay, I understand, Tracy, but but just give me something uh, that, even if it's not a big deal, give me something that, that you view right now as, as maybe the reason that eventually you could see yourself saying no to coming to our school. Now, I'll stop right there because for many coaches listening to this, I've just broken so many rules of recruiting, right? How do you, oh, we don't want them thinking bad of us. We don't want them talking bad about us, or I don't want them to start dwelling on a thought that's negative. Coach, don't worry. If they're going to dwell on it, they will. Uh, they've already defined negatives in their mind. Again, your job is to have them now repeat it and verbalize it back to you so that you can correct them. So you're not introducing negativity. All you're doing is uncovering it, but you have to ask them because they don't naturally tell you. So they might come out and say something, well, you know, coach, I guess the one thing would be maybe that uh, it, it was kind of farther away from home than than we thought. Uh, took I thought it was going to take about three and a half hours to get to campus. It ended up taking six with the traffic. And my dad was complaining the whole way. How am I going to kind of watch your games? Because it's going to take so long to get there. And I get off work at five. And I just I don't know if I'm going to do that. And, okay, so maybe the distance from home is one of the negatives. Well, plus, you know, your science building seems really old, and we went into a lab, and it just didn't seem as nice as school B over, you know, down the road. Whatever they introduce, I want them as a recruiter to talk about what's negative. I want them to talk about what they don't like, because if I can get them to define that, then I have the opportunity to, number one, know what our potential stumbling blocks are so I can address it, but number two, to answer it. Because a lot of the time, their misconceptions about what's negative are just that. They're misconceptions. That's not true. It could be something they picked up on the fly or overheard or think they know about the school. And if you don't get the opportunity to answer it, it's going to really hurt you. So inviting the negative is essential, I think, especially the later it gets into the recruiting process to figure out what is wrong uh, in their mind with your program and then having the opportunity to talk about it and fix it. Can I also add just something else is that when when you do that, what it does is it signals to them that you're okay with them saying something negative to you about the, the their your program, your school, your town, whatever it happens to be. And 
and that you if you don't get upset about it, then it'll encourage them to talk more freely with you about other things they may have concerns about uh, that maybe they aren't bringing up yet. So there's so many good things that result from you inviting the negative. Uh, I really encourage you to do it. And like I said, there's going to be an article uh, within uh, at the dantutor.com site uh, that goes with this. So do try to look at that because we're going to go into a lot more detail. Okay, third thing, um, I want you to tell them what you're assuming. And here's what I mean by that. Um, you have a recruit, and I'll give you an example to start with. You have a recruit that hasn't called you back, that you know they're looking at another school that made a slightly better offer than you did. Um, recruit in the past has told you that they're still interested. They're still, you know, you're still on their list and everything. Um, but you know, you just feel like there's not a lot of action. You feel like there's just not a lot of momentum towards towards your direction. When I say uh, to to tell them what you're assuming. Um, here's how that would sound, and I'll use you know, Tracy, our, our example recruit for this, as, uh, as, as this example. So Tracy, uh, you, you, I know you're looking at a couple other schools, and you mentioned that School X gave you a pretty good offer. Um, I, I'm, Colin, just, I'm, I, I'm just kind of assuming that you're, you're probably going to commit to them because their offer is better than ours. And then just stop there. Don't. And that's the toughest part. Is just to stop, leave it hanging, and create that silent vacuum. Uh, because when you do that, what's going to happen is she is going to have to come in and either confirm it or correct it. And this is just a psychological principle that we've fallen in love with because it gets such good results for the coaches that we have used it in in the right situations that uh, I, I wanted to share it with you. So what I mean by that is that they will either confirm it, and you'll know that because it'll sound like something like, well, yeah, coach, I mean, it, it, it is good money, and you know, money's really tight here at home, and that extra $5,000, that was big to my dad. and um, Or they'll just come right out and say, yeah, coach, that's really where I'm leaning. Um, so they'll confirm it. Or if it's not right, if you if you're if they hear you assuming something that they that's concerning to them that might jeopardize you being uh, interested in them, they'll come in and correct you. And what I mean by that is they'll come in and say, "Well, coach, no, no, that's not it. No, no, I just I've been busy. We had those club tournament games that you know I was gone for four straight weekends. I just didn't have time to talk. Uh, but no, that's not it. I really, in fact, I I like you guys better, and the money's not that big of a deal." It'll be one or the other. They'll either confirm it or correct it. Such valuable information because when you use this strategy, Coach, they don't know how to defend it. Uh, what I mean by that is that they've gotten so smart in how to, and many of them have been coached on how to reply to coaches, what to do with coaches, um, how to play one against the other. Uh, there's this entire game that you know about that goes on on the other side of it. And that's fine. They, you have to play your game. They have to play their game. I just want you to win. <laughs> so that's the, the great way to do it is that I'm assuming that, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever that is, and then be quiet and let them jump in and you'll very quickly find out truthfully whether that's correct or whether you're mistaken and that they correct you. And the reason it works is because they haven't learned how to psychologically defend against that. Um, 
in so many other instances, they know the right answer. They know the answer that either buys them more time or delays you or keeps you interested. This one, it sort of brings down their defenses and they react almost uh, in a knee-jerk reaction, but it's usually the truth. And that's what we're focusing on here is getting the truth, and that's a great way to get the truth. Um, so again, it's just going it's, – it's saying whatever whatever you think the, the issue is at hand – Saying, well, hey, I, I'm figuring that you know it's because uh, their facilities are newer over there, or it's because they're closer to home, or it's because they offered some more money, and we're assuming that you're going to just going to you're going to pick them, and wait then for the answer. You have to shut up and let the silence hang there for a second, and then let them jump in and fill that vacuum with the truth. Try it. I think you'll find that it really works, uh, and I think it's a fair way of of rekindling a conversation and maybe even opening up a conversation to, you know, where you could um, correct any kind of misconception that they have. But it all starts with telling them what you're assuming. My last strategy that I would want you to try for this new year, or really any time you're listening to this podcast, number four is asking them to make you, your program, their official backup choice. We talk about this sometimes in the workshops that we do uh, on campuses. Uh, and I'll back up a second that we do recruiting workshops for departments, athletic departments, and even some individual teams around the country all year long. Um, and what we'll do is we'll go into a campus and we'll do a lot of focus group testing with their prospects and then build out a workshop based on those responses of what their athletes say they should or shouldn't be doing in, their, in the process and what they like and don't like about the school. And we'll do two days of instruction. It's really, really good, very effective. This is one of the things we end up talking a lot about with the coaches where we get to be, I get to be face-to-face with them. Uh, and it, it's, it really, I think, uh, works because what it does is – well, let me back up. A lot of your prospects, you're a great school, great program, very nice coach, but you're not as good as that that dream school, whatever it is, and the one that has the better record, the bigger conference, the bigger campus, whatever is on TV more, um, whatever it is, you're not that school. And so um, they're waiting. And yeah, you're a nice coach, but I'm not going to commit to you because I'm waiting on this other school. And meanwhile, you're trying to figure out, do I wait and stay with this recruiter? Do we need to let him or her go and move on to our next one? And you're also sometimes looking at the prospect and looking at the school that they're waiting on. And you're thinking, I, I know they're done recruiting or he'll never be able to play there. or She'll never stack up to you know and get significant playing time there. And it's hard to tell the athlete that because you don't want to be, kill the dream. They, they sort of have to wait for the dream to die on its own, and then hopefully they come back to you. One of the things you might want to try is introducing the concept to them of, hey, look, I know you're looking at School X, that BCS conference school that, that has won the championship uh, in their conference um, you know, three straight years. Uh, great school. I think you could play there. I think you're that good. Um, and I can see why they're recruiting you. That's why we're recruiting you. Um, and so, and I understand that's why they're your number one choice. And maybe even get them to confirm that, yeah, that's what I'm waiting on, coach. They're my number one choice. That's fine. Would you be willing to commit to us as your official backup school? In other words, we'll, you know, we'll, um, 
let you continue to, to talk to them and consider them, and I'm okay with that. I understand why you would want to go there. But if it doesn't work out there, then make us your, your default second choice. Uh, when we've done that in the past, Coach, it really kind of sparks a little bit of excitement with the recruit. Not every recruit. It doesn't work every time, but it works a lot of the time because now they've got – basically in their mind, two good options. Their dream school, but if it doesn't work out there, they've got the coach, they've got the school that is uh, interested in them. And a couple things then tend to happen is because you can then move on with you know starting to fill out paperwork or talking about roommate assignments, whatever the normal uh, sort of process of getting a recruit tied in with your program and your school is, they begin that process. Again, full knowledge that they haven't signed anything. They just basically verbal to you that you're the backup choice. But as they get deeper and deeper into that planning, and as you continue to assume that they're going to come there, um, if it doesn't work out at the other school, what tends to happen, this is what I love about it strategically, because I'm a strategic, a strategically minded recruiter when it comes to helping our clients, is they start ignoring other schools that are recruiting them. Uh, And the second thing that happens is they start wondering why their top school isn't taking as much attention and as much notice and putting as much energy and attention into them as you are. And that begins to matter over the long term. Now, has to be the right situation. I don't think you can do this with every single recruit because you've got to be willing to wait. You've got to be willing to to play that game with them uh, and to be okay that there's this other school out there that's that's number one in their mind. Um, and I think that's the, sometimes the hardest part for a coach is that I want a kid who wants to be here. I want them in my program. I want them to love our school. Coach, I'll just tell you what right now that in our research and the more and more kids that we talk to, it becomes more clear for me that they they don't fall in love with the school until they officially commit to that school. Uh, and I think they do this because they don't want to get hurt emotionally. In other words, if I fall in love with a campus, what if it doesn't work out there? Then I'm going to be hurt. I've got to restart, and that just is hard for some kids. Um, so it's really hard for them to get fall in love with you until after they commit. And you probably have noticed it's not until either they show up on campus or they, they verbally commit and it's done, the process is done, don't you notice that that's when the real excitement amps up? That's when they even start asking more questions. They they get more excited about maybe even asking about things that you told them in the recruiting process that they weren't listening to the first time, but now they're ready to listen. All of that goes back to this idea that they don't fall in love with the place until they commit there. So don't require that of them. That's why I would ask you to, to not require that they fall in love with you in order to commit to you. Uh, but if you ask them, can we be your official backup choice, and then start treating and acting them, acting like, you know, hey, you're probably still going to go to this other school, but let's just fill out this form. Let's just let's just start to make this plan. It slowly tells them that you're going to be uh, the right choice and you're the coach that is the most serious about them. And again, it has to be the right situation. I'm not suggesting that you do this with every recruit, but I am suggesting that you try it with the right ones. And again, do a little A-B testing, going back to the first point today. Um, try it and see if it works. See what the reaction is. Do you like the reaction? Did it and does it get you a recruit maybe that um, just doesn't quite sure where he or she belongs, and you maybe give him or her the feeling of belonging that they're looking for. So those are the four things I would, if I were in your shoes, try as you start this new year or really any time that you listen to this. Try those four different points. You can get more information on each of them on the website. And um, 
And I think that they're going to work. I, you may not use all of them. You may only use uh, and try a couple. That's fine. They're really, I, I just wanted to point, give something to you that other coaches have tried, have been successful with, that you may not have thought of before or tried before. That's what we're here for. And we just wanted to make sure we did that today. So that's going to wrap up today's show. We got a lot of good stuff planned for 2018 here on the the podcast. By the way, if you have an idea or a topic or anything that you would want to talk about and be a guest, I think the best shows that we do are when coaches come in and we have a conversation about what's working for them or what they're struggling with. If you go back through our podcast library, uh, going back uh, uh, through everything that we've done, the best the uh, the best shows are with the the coaches that give us ideas that we hadn't thought of before. Or they tell us what's working for them. So if you want to be that person, give me an email at dan at dantutor.com and uh, let's talk. Uh, we're going to be we already have coaches lined up to do that uh, moving forward, and we'd love to add you to the list. That's going to do it for today. We really thank you for listening to the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. We'll be back with more this year and in the years to come. And uh, listen regularly. Tell your fellow coaches within your department to subscribe and listen on iTunes, Google, or on Stitcher. And keep listening, Coach. We really appreciate you. We hope you have a great year, and we hope that this advice helps you become a better recruiter in 2018. toast as each of us recalls ivy-covered professors in ivy-covered halls turn on the spigot pour the beer and swig it and gaudiamusigit a tour here's two parties we tossed to the games that we lost we shall claim that we won them someday to the girls young and sweet to the spacious back seat of our roommates beat up chevrolet to the beer and benzedrine to the way that the dean tried so hard to be pals with us all to excuses we fibbed to the papers we cribbed from the genius who lived down the hall to the tables down at maury's wherever that may be let us drink a toast to all we love the best we will sleep through all the lectures and cheat on the exams and we'll pass and be forgotten with the rest oh soon we'll be out amid the cold world's strife soon we'll be sliding down the razor blade of life Ooh. But as we go our sordid separate ways, we shall ne'er forget thee, thou golden college days. Hearts full of youth, hearts full of truth, six parts gin to one part vermouth. <laughs>